The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. A Coach Speak record, four coaches joined the show. Plus two first-timers. As always, our Athletes of the Week. And our Week 7 picks. All that and more coming up next. This is Coach Speak with Brady and Zach covering Montgomery and Sumner County football. Here are your hosts, Brady McAtamney and Zach Womble. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Speak. My name is Brady McAtamney. I'm the sports editor at Main Street Clarksville. And I am Zach Womble, the sports editor here in Sumner County for the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. We have a jam-packed show for you today, don't we, Brady? Oh, don't we, Zach. We got uh, head coaches from Kenwood, Clarksville, Hendersonville, and Portland. We managed to squeeze all of them in there, and uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a jam-packed show, plus we got players of the week, our week seven picks, and more. Yeah, let's not waste any time. We 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 got a lot of content for you guys. Up next on Coach Speak is Hendersonville head coach James Beasley, who is also a first-time guest for Coach Speak this year. So welcome in, Coach. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate what you guys do to help promote the sport in um, Sumner County. Absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're happy to do it. We have a ton of fun doing it. And uh, coaches that, that, that jump on and give us good information is what make the show. So so really, we're, we're thanking you. All so, right. Uh, welcome. Coach Beasley, I, I want to jump right into into last week's game against uh, Ravenwood. Uh, clearly, I wasn't there, but uh, a close contest nonetheless. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what do you think was the difference in, in your 35-28 loss to the Raptors? The difference is we didn't take advantage of opportunities that we had, and, you know, that comes back on me, and it's my fault, and i got to get our players ready to uh, to make that step and to take those make those plays. Um, you know, they had a – Phenomenal player, quarterback that played really at a high level on Friday night. Um, seemed like several times we had them in what looked like we were about to be in a really good situation, and then he turned it into a really good situation for them. So just him, him ability to keep plays alive and to make some plays where uh, it looked like there wasn't a play to be made, and uh, and we just weren't in the right spot. So uh, <clears throat> every time we got out of a, a – a, you know, we got out of position, they found it, they took advantage of it, and it ultimately led to us not being able to uh, pull out the victory. Clearly you're disappointed, as you just mentioned, but I am wondering if there's ever any sense of just like you just have to chalk it up as Chris Parson is a quarterback who's committed to the Florida State for a reason. Is there ever that thought at all? Well, uh, no, we, we, we go out there to try to win the game and to try to do the best we can, so um, – Probably from uh, your perspective, that that may be a uh, a good way to look at it. But from our perspective, we just see things that that we can do a little bit better to to try to limit his, um, you know, the things that he was able to do so well against us. I did see one clip of uh, speaking to Coach Beasley's point of of Hendersonville hitting Parsons several times in the backfield and, and him somehow escaping pressure to find a guy on the on the sideline who ended up going in for a touchdown. I'm sure Coach Beasley remembers that play and was probably, you know, high-stepping or kicking and, and upset that, that they didn't bring him down. But I think that just speaks to to what all he was saying. But anyway, Coach Beasley, moving forward to to your game this week against Clarksville, uh, you've got a good team coming in. And, and I know um, they're 4-2 and two on the season, and, and, and I know they had a tough loss against Beach, a team that you beat. But um, 
How important is is this week of preparation, knowing that you've got a team that is hungry to come in and knock you off of basically the, the top spot in, in your region? Well, it's critical. Like you said, you know, they're four and two. We're three and two. Um, we've been able to win both of our region games where they're one and one in the region. They did lose to Beach, but uh, it was, um, you know, a tough game. Not as, uh, as big of a loss as what the score indicates uh, after you watch it. So, I think they're a good team. They're really good up front, especially. So we got we're going to have our hands full, and uh, we expect to get their best. And them to come down here and try to uh, you know take that next step for them, because uh, you know us being two and zero in the region, them being one and one. I'm sure they're looking at this game and, and thinking, you know, if we can win this game, it puts us right in the hunt to, for the region title, which is what uh, you know every team's after. That's one of your first goals is to try to win the region. So we got to uh, prepare and beat be focused this week, try to find a way that when our opponent gives us a chance to uh, take advantage of opportunities that we find a way to get that done. James, this is Brady. I'm the Clarksville guy here at Main Street Preps, and I know my listeners will be dying to hear uh, what you uh, have seen from the Clarksville Wildcats so far on film, uh, what you're expecting to see out of them, especially with kind of their unique uh, quarterback situation. Yeah, their quarterback uh, is a, it looks like a really tough, hard-nosed, good kid and good player. Um, so I'm expecting him to, you know, play extremely tough. Obviously, they, they run the option plays, you know, and, and kind of uh, will ride that fullback down in there, and then the quarterback will decide whether he wants to keep it or not based on what the defense does. So, uh, and, they, and they block it multiple ways, which creates problems for anybody trying to defend it. Um, so we got to work on that really hard this week. Uh, defensively, I think in the box, you know, they, they kind of jammed up uh, uh, Beach's running, inside running game really well. Um, and we got to be prepared to, to try to match that, that intensity, especially inside the box. Um, we get our skill kids out on the edge. You know, we feel confident in those guys, but getting them there is another story. So uh, just just the way that they play and, and how good they are, especially up front, it, we we got to be prepared for that. And like I said, it looks like they got tough kids that play really hard. We don't know that much about them because, um, you know, this is their first year in our region and uh, they were – 5A, I think, last year, and we were 6A, so there was really no no intermingling with uh, teams that we play that, that they might play. So we don't know much of, much about them or how they play or the things they do, but I know Coach Shelby's a really good coach. I know that uh, they'll be coached well and they'll be prepared to, to try to give, give us everything that we want. Yeah, one thing I'm kind of curious about, you mentioned obviously this is the first year um, you guys are playing each other with them recently being bumped up to 6A, but uh, one common opponent you guys have had in past years is Rossview um, because, you know, that's kind of an in-city rival for Clarksville. That's a region rival for you guys. Um, have you reached out to Coach Todd Hood at all at, um, asking for his um, his take on how you maybe stop this offense or, or get through uh, the defense? Not. We, we've, we, you know, we got, we got good coaches here and we, we look at it and and a lot of them know a lot of different guys, so we kind of come up with our plan and decide it like that. So Coach Hood does a great job at Rossview, and, and uh, I don't know what their their games like Clarksville has been prior to this year. I know that uh, Clarksville was able to squeak one out against them this year, but uh, Rossview's got a really good team, um, or has in the past four years. I haven't really seen them on tape this year yet, but uh, I know they do a good job. And so he must have limited them pretty good to hold them to only 10 points. 
Coach Beasley, all your goals are still in front of you playing for a region title, as you mentioned earlier. This is a team, this is a senior class that is well-versed in playing meaningful, meaningful football games late into the year. I am curious how big of, a, of an advantage you think it is uh, for your team to be, um, just like I said, so well-versed in, in, in winning meaningful football games and being a two-time region champ as it is as you try to go for your third straight. Well, having experience is always important, I think, as, as you move down the season. And we do have some kids that have played uh, in some big games and, and performed well in some big games. So I think that always helps when you got to, you know, sometimes when you got kids that haven't been there before, they don't know any better. So they don't get nervous and they play well. So I, I don't, I don't know if, you, you know, you could take that, that approach too if you didn't have that. But, um, you know, being able to relax and to, and to stay calm and to, you know, let the plays develop and not push to try to think that, uh, when you're in a big game, that you have to make every single play uh, on every snap because the plays are going to come to us. Uh, we just got to be patient and do what we do and uh, know that at some point the plays that are supposed to happen are going to happen. And we just got to be prepared for those and make sure that they go in our favor. Now, uh, region championships are all well and good. That's obviously a goal that you guys want to have every year. Beating your uh, in-city rivals like Beach are, is always a fun time. Um, but I know that you, your staff, your players, your fans are all looking to uh, potentially get to that state championship game this year. And, of course, that that's always going to go through uh, Oakland, at least recently. Um, a team that you guys have already played this year um, didn't get the results you wanted in that. But do you think that your team has gotten better since that week one game uh, with the Patriots? Absolutely. I, I think we've uh, we've improved throughout this season so far. I think maybe we took – a tiny step back last week, but I don't think it's anything that uh, we should be overly concerned about because that was a good team that we played, and we can learn from that as well. So we're taking what we what happened last week, we're, we're coaching to it, we're learning from it, and we're moving forward. But to, to your point, yes, I do think that we're a better team than we were uh, in week one, and um, hopefully uh, I can tell you the same thing after week 11 that we are a better team then than we are right now. And that's the goal, and that's what we're trying to do, and that's hopefully where we're going to be. Coach Beasley, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on, on Coach Speak. You've provided a lot of great information, and best of luck this Friday night when you host the Clarksville Wildcats. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Up next, we welcome in Isaac Shelby. He is going to be going against our last guest from this week, James Beasley. Uh, he's the coach, of course, of the 4-2 high school, uh, Clarksville High School Wildcats. Isaac, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, Brady. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. So, um, Isaac, uh, I want to talk, take a quick look at your game from last week. Of course, uh, I was there at that game, but uh, Zach, my, my co-host here, and a lot of other people listening were not there. Uh, you guys were able to beat Northeast 38-19. Uh, I know it shows 38-13. to uh, 13. Uh, max preps, mm-hmm. but they did get that last last second score there in garbage yeah. time. Uh, t- tell us what you saw about uh, from or from your team in your highest scoring game yet. Um, we started out a little bit slow, and then um, found a way to figure some stuff out, like late in the first um, quarter, early in the second quarter, and um, you know the kids ended up playing pretty good, and um, you know I just I feel like we're getting a little bit better each week. Yeah, you guys had rushing touchdowns from three different players, including Rayshon Bowling, who had three rushing touchdowns. He's really been one of the go-to guys for you this year. Uh, how do you feel that your offense has improved from week one to today? Um, I think we're just, you know, uh, losing losing our quarterback early in the year. Um, you know, it kind of, uh, you know, there were some bumps in the road, but I think we're starting to kind of smooth those out. But Rayshon's definitely a guy on the goal line that, um, you know, he's got a nose for the end zone and he really has his whole career. 
Coach Shelby, Zach Womble here. Uh, I'm curious where you thought your biggest improvement was from the 47 loss against Beach to the win last week uh, against Northeast. Where was the biggest improvement from your team? Um, probably in our uh, probably in our secondary. Um, you know, Beach did some really good stuff. And there were some spots we didn't play well back there in terms of tackling those guys. Um, you know, I, I think we really challenged those. Um, you know, that part of our team over the past couple of weeks and. Um, you know, I think there's been improvement uh, improvement there that we have to continue to improve. Uh, for the Hendersonville fans listening, Coach, I'm sure they're curious as to what uh, Clarksville has to offer. You, you've hit on it a little bit here with Brady, but for those uh, who may not have seen you play this year or just kind of curious about what Clarksville brings to the field on Friday nights, what can you tell them? Um, you know, uh, it, it's a bunch of kids that, um, you know, they're getting better every week. Um, you know, uh, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like our linebackers are, are quality football players. Um, you know, we're we're really working to be, uh, you know, to get toward, um, you know, where Hendersonville and Beach and Gallatin, you know, are right now. So, um, you know, we're going to get on the bus and go down there and give it our best shot and see what happens. Isaac, uh, James Beasley, uh, we, we just got off the phone with him. He was very complimentary of your team, especially uh, your uh, front seven on defense. Um, he, he was talking about how, you know, they need to get their playmakers in space because he saw that you guys were able to kind of stuff up Beach in the middle. Um, what's What have you seen from Hendersonville so far that you guys are going to try to counter? Um, they're really athletic. Um, I think that they're uh, – I think their skill players are super good. Um, they're really tough up front. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're coached really well. Um, you know, schematically they do some things that are really, really difficult. Um, you know, I, I don't know Coach Beasley very well, but – uh, you know, he's doing a really good job of, um, you know, kind of building off of their base stuff, I think. And, um, you know, they're just – you don't hurt themselves. Um, you know, they don't they don't make critical mistakes. It's a really good high school football team, I think. Yeah, I asked a similar question to uh, Coach Beasley, um, but really the only common opponent that you guys have had over the past couple of years is Rossview, of course, with Rossview mm-hmm. having played Hendersonville in the region and Rossview, of course, being your guys' rival. Um, have you reached out to Coach Hood at all about um, what they've seen from Hendersonville in recent years? Uh, no, I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's not something that <clears throat> that uh, Coach Hood and I talk about a lot, but, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's just a really quality opponent. Um, it's a community that appears to really, really care about its football. They have a long tradition of winning. Um, you know, they kind of have some state championship DNA from the past. Um, it's going to be a big challenge for us. You guys have a prime opportunity Friday night to go on the road and get a very, very critical region win that would put you in a great spot come playoff time. I'm curious, have you can you sense the – the urgency or the excitement around the building in the locker room and on the practice field? Yeah, I think so because it's new. You know, Hendersonville's a, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the four year cycle, when you played somebody four years, you kind of, you know, you know what they do and they know what you do. And I think there's a, I think it's easy to kind of get bored with that a little bit. But, um, you know, the first year was always a super fun part of the cycle because you get new opponents like Hendersonville Beach and, you know, Gallatin and people like that that we haven't played recently. So, I think the kids are excited and, you know, you know, it's just one of those things. Now, one thing you can always expect with uh, Clarksville High School is their fans are going to show up. Uh, do you do you expect a, a nice little travel party for your guys on Friday? I hope so. Um, you know, our people usually, um, you know, they usually travel pretty good compared to other Montgomery County schools. And, um, you know, we're four and two at this point. You know, we've had some uh, good wins recently and, you know, we, we played pretty poorly against Beach and um, didn't play very good against Springfield. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, our community supports our people and 
or supports our kids, and you know they'll get down there, and then you know they'll they'll put some butts in the stands. I think. Isaac, uh, you know, I'm looking at your schedule, and I, and I know you don't allow yourself as a coach or allow your players to look ahead, but I am curious about something. You know, the last time we talked, you had mentioned about your great rivalry with Gallatin that goes back a long, long time, and depending on who you ask, that's how big that game is. Was it a happy accident that you get the Green Wave the last week of the season? Um, I don't know. I just we, we wanted to get them back on the schedule for sure. Um, you know, Clarksville, like our high school's been split so many times. Um, you know, I was telling somebody before. It depends, like, when you ask who is our rival. Um, like, if you asked a bunch of people who our rival was, I could tell you how old they were based on the answer to that question. So people in, like, the – you know, people like my dad that graduated in, like, the um, 60s and 70s, they're usually going to say Gallatin or Springfield. Um, you know, people that graduated in, like, the 80s are usually going to say Dixon County. People that graduated in the 90s are going to say Northeast, and people that graduated in the 2000s are going to say Rossby. So um, we wanted to try to get as many of those people um, back on the schedule as we could. One of the reasons we scheduled Dixon and some of those teams out of league, but it was pretty neat to get Gallatin back on the schedule because, you know, people really care about the partial Gallatin game. And when you go back and look at the history of it, it's, it's been a big game for a long time. That's pretty fun, you know, being able to have a rivalry pretty much almost every game of the week. I mean, that's that's got to be pretty fun for for you and for the kids, for the fans. And uh, who knows, maybe, maybe a new rivalry will uh, bud this Friday night against Hendersonville when uh, the Coastal Wildcats head over there to face the Commandos. Uh, Isaac, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's always great to have you on, and best of luck this Friday. I appreciate it, guys. We welcome head coach at the Kenwood Knights, Les Greer, into Coach Peak today. Amazingly, his uh, first time being on the show. We uh, we tried before, but couldn't get things to line up, but we're happy to finally have him. Les, how you doing today? I'm good. Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Doing great. Thanks for joining us. So uh, you guys have had a uh, kind of a rough past couple weeks, albeit, I guess, a couple uh, what I believe to be uh, legitimate top 100 programs. Um, of course, that Springfield game, missing uh, your starting quarterback, three-year starter, Jalen Washington. Um, but let's talk about that Shelbyville Central game. That's a, a very good f- uh, football team out of Shelbyville. Um, the score was a little bit lopsided, but tell us a little bit about that game and uh, what you guys think you could get out of that. Yeah, I mean, we competed early. Uh, we made a, a few mistakes and, and got behind and then uh, just couldn't quite claw our way back into the game. Um, the kids competed hard. You know, we, we just made a, a couple mistakes early, and, you know, good teams will make you pay uh, for mistakes, and they did. You know, we, we had a we had a pump block uh, in the first quarter, and it put our defense in bad position. Um, but then after that, you know, we started – on our way back, we had a chance. We got a turnover and had a chance to to take the lead. We just missed on that on that chance that play actually um, called something we like. We run a lot and just we just missed it. When you know play good teams, um, you get chances you can't miss on those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys are zero uh, two currently in the uh, region. Granted, you've played. Uh, probably the two best teams with Henry County and Springfield, uh, but you're coming up on a, a big Portland game. I know that uh, making the postseason is really going to be your goal every year. Um, so just tell me about kind of that level of the focus and if you guys are, have kind of been drilling in the importance of this game as far as uh, your postseason chances go. Yeah, and our main goal every year is just to continue to get better and put ourselves in position when the time you know when we reach the, that time of year in the playoffs. 
this time of year is the time to start playing our best football. Um, you know, and and every game from here on out for us really is, is a playoff game. And, you know, we talk about that as a program, is just continuing to get better. And we've got a lot of players that have, have continued to get better throughout the season. And we're hoping that starts to pay off here in the next few games. Coach Greer, Zach Womble here. I cover Portland for Sumner County. Uh, for, for Portland fans who, who may not be familiar with your program or, or, or how your team plays, what can they expect uh, to see out of out of Kenwood come Friday night? Well, on, on offense, uh, we're a no-huddle spread team. We like to stretch the field, uh, both Horlow and Berkeley. Um, be dynamic. You know, we're, we're still a balanced offense. We do want to run the football. Um, we've got several – gifted skill players and we try to spread the field and get the ball in their hands um but but we again we do run the football at the same time there's a lot of option and uh rpo stuff to our game on offense on defense um we switched to an even front this year um but again we still we try to be dynamic with that as well um and my personal philosophy is we're just going to attack in every phase um we you know i don't play passive football um so I just don't believe in being too conservative. There's a time and place to be smart, but we're always going to, you know, when opportunities present themselves, we're going to take them. Um, I don't know if you have seen the news, but Portland head coach Wes Inman will not be able to coach in the game on Friday. He is out due to testing positive for COVID-19. I'm curious if that changes game plan or, or has any effect at all on, on Friday night. Oh, man, I hate that for their program. Um, it's tough whenever your, your head guy's not there. That's tough. Um, I don't know if it changes anything for us. If, you know, what we see on film is what we prepare for, and I doubt they're going to change a whole lot without him being there. Um, they'll, you know, hopefully continue to run things as he would see uh, them run things. And um, I hate that for them, though. That, that, that's tough for their kids. Um, but everybody plays a game each week. Um, they'll show up, and they're, they're going to give us their best effort. And probably, you know, they'll, they'll want to play hard uh, for him since he's not there, so. Yeah, absolutely. Les, I want to I want to look all the way back to Week One, where you guys scored sixty five points against Hillwood. Still looking, at least on paper, like the best game you guys have played this season. Um, have you guys looked back at that film at all as the season has gone on to try to recapture that lightning in a bottle that you guys put out? Um, not since we watched it right after that first game. We have not, um, and and we, it was our most complete game. We did. Um, we played well, and and the idea is is, you know, we don't ever look back at, in the past because I always talk to kids about, you know, the next play is the most important play. The next week is the most important week for us. And and obviously we've had some difficulties in places. We haven't had the entire team really play on the field since then. Um, hopefully this week changes that will hopefully have everybody back. Um, you know, with any every program goes through injuries and bumps and, you know, different things where they don't have their full team. So everybody deals with that every week. Um, but we're hoping to have everybody back this week and try to put it all together, all, you know, learn from all our mistakes, and then see if we can play a complete game. You know, and I, I look forward, you know, we're back at home, then we play four games on the road. So, you know, generally there's a little more comfort playing at home. And I hope that's the case uh, for our players. And, and I know our kids are going to give a great effort on Friday. I'm curious which area you want to see the most improvement from from last week to this week that will make you feel good heading into the final final home stretch of your schedule. 
probably offensive line play. You know, we, we've, it seems like it's been, we haven't had the same five guys since week one, you know, since the Jamboree in the week one playing on the offensive line. And hopefully we can get that going um, this week and have those same five guys there starting to practice today. Um, I think everybody's back, everybody's clear. You know, our starting five, uh, anytime you're missing a senior lineman, it's tough. And we've had that happen a few times. Um, but I'm hoping that, that, you know, everybody should be clear now. We have a good week of practice. I want to see us be able to establish the run game and be able to protect the passer in the pass game. Um, that's something we've, we've struggled with for the last few weeks. Um, but I know the guys are working hard. They're going to continue to work hard, and the coach is going to coach them up. Um, so I'm looking for that probably um, this week. It's the, the most important thing for us because it's really it's kept us, you know, we've moved the ball on offense, but we haven't been able to finish or we've had him, but we have some consistency. you got to be consistently able to run the football and protect the passer um, to, to, to have that consistency on offense. Yeah, and then looking at the end of your schedule here, after the Portland game, it's Rossview, Northwest, and Northeast. So all three teams that um, you are very close to, all teams in the city of Clarksville. Um, do you think it would be easy for your guys to potentially overlook this Portland game and look forward to playing some city rivals, or do you think that these guys are staying grounded? No, I don't. I think they understand the importance of region games. They knew it when we came in the door yesterday, uh, watched film, had our first team meeting there. They, they knew the region games are important. They're, they're, they're a premium out there. And, uh, you know, we set a goal to get in the playoffs, win playoff games, also win the city. You know, and this week, if we want to get in the playoffs, we've got to win this football game. All right, perfect. Well, Les, thank you so much for joining us today. We uh, look forward to seeing the result of this week's game Friday night at home against the Portland Panthers. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. We'll be able to talk about our, our program and our kids. Up next on Coach Speak, our last guest of the day, Portland head coach Wes Inman joining the show. Second time guest, so we're happy to have him back. Coach Inman, thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. So I immediately wanted to jump into last week's game against Macon County, but a little bit of breaking news this morning as as you and I were kind of setting up this interview. Unfortunately, you are going to miss this Friday's game uh, due to COVID-19. So the first thing I want to ask you is how you doing, Coach? You know, I feel uh, pretty good. I've obviously got some congestion. A lot of the fever, aches, and chills, I think, are behind me. I am a fully vaccinated person. And from what I understand, having made that choice, it's allowing my body to fight it a little quicker. So I I think I'm going to be fine, ultimately. Obviously, a little disappointed, a little frustrated. Uh, But I think – I think – our coaching staff and I think our kids are going to respond well and uh, guys standing in my stead are doing a great job thus far. You know, you in that same conversation, you had let me know that Grant West uh, was going to take over his head coaching duties for that game. I'm curious, what made you so confident in Coach West and, and handing him the reins to your football team? Coach West is very, very good at uh, – game management i'd say if he has a natural strength it's that he says it's from years of playing video games uh football video games and watching (laughs) tons of football uh he's also uh served as jv head coach and freshman head coach in the past couple of years so talking to officials and administrator meetings and things like that he's fairly adept at that as well um uh so i just he just was the logical choice for me to do that 
Coach, you're not doing any favors for us conspiracy theorists out there that think that us Madden players could do the job of a head coach when you're telling us that playing playing well, a lot of video games. I did, well, I tell you what, it, it's uh, <laughs> when you when you watch football after you've coached football and learned a lot about it. I don't watch it like a regular person anymore. I'm always analyzing stuff. I never know the score. I'm always looking for little details, trying to figure out what a team's doing. And uh, if you just watch it like a fan, sometimes you're a little better on that stuff uh, than uh, if you get too analytical about it. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, let's let's dive right into what I wanted to be my first question, which was the 24-21 loss to Macon County. Uh, that's I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but that's, that's clearly a really good Class 4A football team. Uh, what what went wrong? What went right in that game, and what what ultimately led to to the defeat? Well, I have to say that they had a very good game plan going into the game. They got the ball first, and uh, our defense has made some market improvement in the past few weeks, and they were able to slow them but not ultimately uh, stymie their progress towards the end zone. And they ate up a lot of clock, which is actually our philosophy as well. Two wing T teams uh, dueling it out. Uh, when we got the ball back, we scored, I believe it was the very first play that we scored uh, a 60-yard touchdown. Freddie Paxton uh, broke loose again, which then allowed them to get the ball back and, and eat up clock and uh, – Ultimately, we were tied 14 to 14. And this is, uh, I, I was not feeling well Friday night. And I, I beat myself up about this all weekend. I probably should have just driven the ball with uh, two minutes 30 left and then taken a knee and gone in with a 14 14 tie. But you never know the way a game's going to go. So I, we tried to, uh, score we tried to get the ball down the field matriculating it passing the ball and our passer uh Braden Thornton has has made a tremendous stride uh, the White House game on and uh we did complete some passes but we were not able to get a first down we had to punt away and they ended up uh, uh bringing the score to 17 to 14 and I wish that I would have just uh driven it at that point so I put the loss on me 100 percent because i thought our boys played tremendous we came out we drove the ball successfully on the opening kickoff of the second half um we had a false start penalty that was uh it, you know maybe he flinched a little maybe he didn't it was one of our receivers who was crack blocking uh we then again stymied uh uh we completed a pass Right in front of the fourth down, uh, the, the, the fourth down six, uh, the first down marker and, uh, got tackled just short of it. Um, then we stopped them on a drive finally. I mean, a really good fourth down stand. We ended up scoring. We were up. Uh, they got the ball back, scored again. Uh, we had a touchdown called back. Uh, quarterback got a little ambitious and just put his hand on the small of the back on another long run by Freddie Paxton. And uh, at that point, uh, on fourth and seven, I believe it was, uh, I decided not to try a 38-yard field goal because our kicker, who was also playing cornerback and receiver, 
had sustained an injury during the game, and he was pretty shaken up at first, although he's okay now. I just didn't know if the pressure of the 38-yard field goal would be too much, so I decided to go for it. Uh, we threw an incomplete pass, and that was the ball game. So, you know, I put it squarely on me and because uh, I think our boys did enough to win that game. And um, I'm uh, very, very pleased with uh, the, the, the way they're playing right now. Well, Wes, that sounds like two weeks in a row where you guys have just played really, really close football games. Of course, the first being the win against Northeast and then coming up with that loss against Macon County. Um, now, I would ask you what Kenwood fans can expect out of Portland, but along with the explanation you kind of just gave us about last week, along with um, you have already you have already played Northeast and Northwest, so um, some people in Clarksville have already started to get uh, familiar with Portland. Uh, so I guess I should ask you, um, what do you expect to see out of Kenwood? You know, they are uh, very explosive, very, very similar to Northeast in that respect. They're a pretty big defense. I looked at their kids, and uh, I look at their traditional 4 5 um, They've got uh, some playmakers on defense. Uh, their line is big. Uh, one of their defensive ends, I think he's number 52. My brain's a little foggy right now. Uh, very, very aggressive young man. Um, now, I will say this, where Clarksville Northeast brings a lot of different blitz packages, uh, they're a little more conservative at Kenwood and really just line up and do what they do. And, uh, you know, it, when, when it's rolling, it works really well. Uh, I know they've had some, some tough games against some very game opponents. Um, their quarterback, um, the young man, the Washington young man, obviously is incredibly talented, a very dual threat. Got lots of folks to throw to. Got some complimentary pieces on that offense to help them out. So, you know, if you ask us, we're expecting another four-quarter war. And, uh, you know, very similar to what we expected from Northeast. They're going to have some big plays. And like we tell our kids every week, there's going to be big plays and bad plays and everything in between. But we just got to keep chipping away if uh, we want to be successful against a team like Kenwood. Now, Wes, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like uh, looking at the uh, the makeup of the uh, the region right now, if you guys win this game, I, I believe that gets you in the postseason, uh, in your first season in 5A, which is uh, very impressive. Of course, still got to get that win. Um, but how, how have you seen your team adjust to that new level of competition? You know, they, they have met it very well. We actually earned the fourth place spot with the win over Northeast. If we were fortunate enough to uh, complete the task uh, against Kenwood, that would give us the third place spot at that point. Um, very, very proud of our boys. You know, we've, uh, we've played a very tough schedule against a very game White House 3A team, very game uh, 4A Macon County team, and a very, very talented 4A East Hamilton team. Uh, the amount of A's behind the, the, the name on those, uh, the, those or the, uh, the, re- the titling, the classification for those teams uh, isn't an indicator of how talented and whatnot they are. So we feel like all year long we've, we've been playing 5A caliber teams or at least teams that are playing at the highest level of their 3A or 4A. Uh, so I think that's helped us quite a bit. Um, obviously it was a very close game could have gone either way uh, against Northeast and um, you know we feel like we're prepared now 
we'll have uh, one more competition uh, after our fall break versus uh, Station Camp, who is a 5A team. And then we'll play Springfield and Henry County. So uh, thus far, I've been very pleased uh, with our boys. We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about ourselves. Uh, we've learned a lot about our, ourselves as coaches as well, uh, just due to the, the talent demand that you see week in and week out. Coach, uh, kind of speaking to Brady's point a little bit, uh, three of your final four games, region games, with the lobbyists field in Henry County, you, you've got Portland in a position. I know your record says three and three, but uh, you've been very competitive in all six games. Could have gone your, your way in all three games. I am curious with with Portland kind of being in a newish position of controlling their own destiny or being in the driver's seat of for a region title. With a lot of sophomores on your team. Are you worried at all? Nervous at all about these last four weeks and and maybe the moment, maybe getting too big or anything like that? You know, I would say I would say yes, except for the fact that the whole season has just been. Uh, a melee of competitiveness. It's, um, you know, even even Clarksville Northeast, if you look at our score at the end of the game, it doesn't really tell the the story of the first quarter and the first quarter and a half when that was a very competitive uh, ball team. And I think I remember saying that team's going to win a game or some games this year because they look like they've got some things going their way. And then the very next week, or two weeks later, one of the two, they, they beat White Creek. And uh, I just – I think the, the season will have prepared us for that. Uh, you know, as you get later in the season, if you've had a sophomore that's been playing, he's now got that much experience under his belt, and he's not the same young man uh, that, that played in the uh, first game that he played in. And the thing that I'm really impressed with our team about right now is how they're starting to gel. And a lot of the things that we used to have to hold them accountable for, they hold themselves accountable for now, which makes coaching a joy. I mean, that makes uh, that makes planning easier, preparing easier. You've got less discipline that you have to deal with, and you can really focus on helping them achieve their goals at that point. Coach Inman, we really appreciate you joining Coach Speak today. Best of luck this Friday on the road, and, hey, get better soon, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's hit on Athletes of the Week here. Uh, I'm going back to Clarksville Academy for this one. I'm taking their quarterback, Cooper Wallace. Uh, he They defeated uh, Fayette Academy 54-14 to back in the win column after taking a tough loss against Nashville Christian. And uh, Cooper Wallace, I just want to I just want to reaffirm to everyone that this guy is a first-year starting quarterback. He's, he hasn't played football since, like, I think, middle school, maybe eighth grade. Um, against Fayette Academy this week, he completed nine of his 14 pass attempts for 225 yards and two touchdowns, while also rushing four times for 61 yards and a touchdown. He had a long run of 60 yards. Baller. Baller. Here in Sumner County, I'm going with Pope John Paul, the second sophomore running back, Elijah Robb. In the 59-35 win over Battleground Academy last week, Rob had 23 carries for 192 yards and three touchdowns with a long of 29. He also added two receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown, including a 20-yard strike from Kenny Minchie, and completed one for one for 30 yards and a touchdown to Chet Lax in the big victory. So Elijah Rob, our Sumner County player of the week. Talk about do it all. 
Up next are picks for week seven. Brady and I do this segment every week. It's a ton of fun to try to pretend like we know anything. But of course, we don't. Well, I should say I don't. Brady is yeah, speak, off this, speak for yourself. As I said, Brady's coming off another undefeated week. Ho-hum, whatever. Uh, I well, clearly am the only one who don't know what I'm talking about. But let's I just dive need right the challenge. Yeah, you do. You need a ch- Maybe we should switch switch up county picks. You can do Sumner <laughs> County and I'll do Montgomery County. I still uh, might do better than you. Maybe. Uh, up first, a special Thursday night edition of football comes to Sumner County as the Mountain League Golden Bears visit the Station Camp Bison in a critical Region 5-5A matchup. Uh, this is without a doubt the toughest test left on Station Camp's schedule, uh, but are presented a prime opportunity to put the Mid-State on notice if they can get a win. Um, however, that will be easier said than done. Uh, I do think Thursday night will will show just how far Station Camp has come as a program under Brent Alexander, but I still like the Golden Bears to win this one 21-14. Yeah, looking at my game, uh, my first one I'm going to be looking at is the Northwest Vikings at the Northeast Eagles. These teams are both 1-5 and and 0-2 in the region, so um, both having just kind of tough seasons. Uh, Now, we did expect that from Northwest. We did not expect this from Northeast. Um, They're on a five-game losing streak right now after taking a... uh, uh, a relative blowout loss to Clarksville. Um, they need they need a win really badly here, um, and I do think that they will get it. Um, I, they, they are an overall more talented football team than the Northwest Vikings. Um, now, winner of this game really can kind of stay alive in the uh, in the region. Um, because they each are going to play Kenwood again, and it's really going to come down to those last three teams for that final four spot behind Henry County, Springfield, and Portland. Um, now, Northwest can quote-unquote win this game if, if they can just keep it competitive. Um, if they can do that, they stay healthy, um, and by some miracle they win the game, then the Eagles are doomed. This is a loss for Northeast if they lose this game. Um, but otherwise, I do think that Northeast can win this game. I've got them winning 36-7. to Moving on to another Sumner County Montgomery County matchup, we've got Beach making the trip to West Creek uh, this Friday night. The Bucks one and one, whereas the Coyotes are zero and two. Bucks coming off a very tough loss on the road at Summit. Um, there's really not a lot to say about this game, Brady. In my opinion, I think Beach kind of uh, you know rolls pretty easily, and I think fans in attendance will see a running clock in the fourth quarter. I'm picking the Bucks forty nine. Well, Zach. This might be a first because I also picked 49 nothing, um, and I think it could be a running clock in the third quarter. Um, uh, Beach is, is going to come out of this game pissed after that loss to Summit. Um, there's just not much of a contest in this one, unfortunately. Moving on to Hendersonville versus Clarksville, a game that I will be at on Friday. The Commandos 2-0 versus the Wildcats, who are 1-1. Wildcats looking to play a little bit of a spoiler role as Hendersonville sits in the driver's seat of their region of 5-6-8. Um, listen, I know they lost last week to Ravenwood, but I am on the Commandos bandwagon. You heard it here first. I think this is a team that ha- is poised to make a run at the Class 6-A semifinals as they match up with a pretty relatively uh, favorable region in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. Uh, but as far as their game on Friday, give me Hendersonville 45-7 over Clarksville. We came close to having uh, the same score twice in a row, but I actually like the Commandos a little bit more in this game. Um, we, we we saw what um, what Beach did to Clarksville. Um, now we know that uh, um, you know maybe that the score was a little not quite of indicative of of how that game went. Maybe it was a little bit closer than the score says. Um, but Hendersonville, we know, is better than Beach. They they beat them by. I think three scores when they played earlier this season. 28-3 was the final. Or no, 28-10. I'm sorry. 28-10. They got the, so they got the block punt at the end of the game. 
That's right. That's right. A garbage time score, if uh, if you want to call it that. Um, Clarksville's just fighting a massive uphill battle in this game. Um, you know, I've seen crazier things happen. Um, I think Clarksville can keep this game close, and you know, maybe if things get get wild, maybe they can you know sneak out with a, 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 an insanely close win. Um, but I think those chances are are very 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 slim. Um, and I'm going to take Hendersonville 49 to seven. Another Sumner County-Montgomery County matchup. We've got two teams that know each other a little bit. Well, at least their head coaches do. We've got the Gallatin Green Wave hosting the Rossview Hawks. Both teams 1-1 one one in league play. Chad Watson telling us last week that he actually served as defensive coordinator under Todd Hood while they were at Clarksville Academy. Uh, should be a great matchup. I did. This was probably one of the harder games to pick this week for me just because I, I really don't know what to expect from Gallatin. They did get a good win last week on the road at Cookville. And uh, feels like maybe they're in a good headspace this week for homecoming. Uh, so, with that being said, I am going to pick Gallatin seventeen to fourteen over Rossview. Yeah, I let off my pick with this one on, in my article that this is probably our most evenly matched game of the week. I mean, both of these teams are they're sound football teams. Um, you know, they're not going to wow anybody with you know off the wall athleticism. They're not going to go out there and put a, a trouncing on anyone really get any given week. You know, I say that Gallatin play plus week, but we can ignore that for now. Um, but th- these are two just very well co- well matched teams. They're they're well coached. You mentioned that Chad Watson and Todd Hood very close to one another, having coached together at Clarksville Academy. Um, I think this game is going to have a lot of running. Uh, we know we know Gallatin likes to run the ball. Uh, Rossview has some pretty good running backs them- themselves. Um, this one could come down to whoever gets to 20 first, honestly. Um, but I do think that in high school, a good defense beats a good offense. And uh, considering neither of these teams have a great offense, and I do think Rossview has a slightly better defense, um, I am going to give them the edge 21-17, to though I could see Gallatin with homecoming, with the home field advantage, getting the win as well. Moving on to our, my only uh, Division II contest on the slate this week, you've got Pope Prep on the road at Montgomery Bell Academy. I'm not sure there's ever a good time to get NBA on the schedule, but Week 7 surely feels like the wrong time. Coming off back-to-back wins over Father Ryan and Britwood Academy, football in West End seems to be clicking on all the right cylinders at the right time. The Knights desperately need to win this football game in terms of making the playoffs as they have Knox Catholic and Macaulay looming. Two surefire, tough region games. Uh, I do think JP2, or excuse me, Pope Prep plays with a sense of urgency, but I do like the Big Red to make a few more plays both offensively and defensively, whereas I do think the Big Red will have an easy time getting behind that gate, that Pope Prep secondary. Give me NBA 38 over Pope Prep 28. Well, so a, uh, a double-digit game, huh? Yeah, I think so. Man, I don't envy you for having to pick all these insane Pope Prep games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough, but I mean, it is what it is. Life, life of D2 3A football teams, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I got a D2 game myself. Uh, looking at the uh, Clarksville Academy Cougars at the Donaldson Christian Academy Wildcats. Both teams are 5-1. and one. The difference is Clarksville Academy is 0-1 in the district, whereas Donaldson Christian is 1-0. Oh. Um, now, Clarksville Academy is continuing their feel-good rebound season. They've, they've got five wins this year after getting, I remember if it was one or two last year, but it was definitely fewer than five. Um, now, what has hurt them about this season is that they're beating up on some less than stellar you know, we, we, we talked a couple weeks ago how they beat the Tennessee Heat. <laughs> I mean, that's not even a, an 11-man team traditionally. 
Um, so it, while it is fun to see them go out there and score a lot of points and get a lot of these wins, it doesn't do them any favors come come the weeks where they have to play teams like Donaldson Christian. Um, now they we, we saw uh, Clarksville Academy play not the not a, not a, not their worst game in recent years against Nashville Christian, who is a team that's equally equally as good as Donaldson Christian, if not even better. Um, so I do think that they're going to be able to keep it. I don't know if you can call it respectable, but respectable for relative to what they've done in the past. Um, but that said, I'm going to take DCA 47 to 14, which isn't isn't the worst thing that could happen. Up next for our week seven picks, we've got Portland on the road at Kenwood. Portland 2-0, Kenwood 0-2. Listen, I made this pick for the Portland Sun before I knew Wes Inman was out with COVID. Nevertheless, I'm going to stick with my pick. Um, I think this is a really good football team. I do think it hurts not having your head coach on the sideline. I'm sure Grant West will do a fantastic job, but there's got to be a sense of just comfortability when you have your head coach compared to when you don't have your head coach. Right, Brady? I mean, I think there is going to be some sort of role. All that said, it is hard to ignore uh, Kenwood giving up back-to-back losses of 47 points while giving up 36 points per game on the season. Uh, Only scoring 14.6 points per game, so give me Portland in a relative blowout, 42-21 over the Knights. Well, Zach, when I was writing my pick for this one, I I, kind of wrote the same thing. I wrote that on paper. This game really shouldn't be close. But I just have this itch that it's going to be, man. I don't know what it is. Uh, Kenwood's last three losses have been against legitimate top 100 programs, and that's Springfield, Shelbyville Central, and Henry County. Um, And I think all three of those teams are better than maybe anyone um, that Portland has played all year. Um, I don't know if that's going too far out on a limb, but I think you could argue that. Um, And uh, I just, I don't know. Kenwood's got the home field advantage. They're coming off playing some really good football teams. And now Wes Inman's not going to be coaching. I mean, man. I don't. I don't want the Knights to let me down here because I've got them tw- thirty-five to thirty-one. Oh, upset! Well, I don't know if you call it upset, but uh, it would be an upset in terms of of region standings. That's right. And uh, you know, they they scored sixty-five points against Hillwood earlier this season. I know Hillwood's not the stiffest competition by any means, but we know that they're capable of putting up some crazy offense. You know, they haven't done it as of late. Again, like I said, they've been playing really good teams. They 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 didn't do it against West Creek, but they also had their quarterback suspended for half of that game. Um, so uh, I I don't know. I just I, I have this inkling, man. I have this inkling about Kenwood being able to come out with this. I guess we'll I guess we'll have to wait and see for Friday night. That's right. Moving on to a next uh, critic into our moving over to our next big region contest this week. We got White House hosting Fairview. Uh, both teams three and zero. White House five and one overall. Fairview four and two. Uh, Fairview has done a really great job of getting into the painted area this year. Score uh, back-to-back weeks of scoring 30 and 40 and scoring 30 points per game on the season as a whole. So Fairview clearly has an offense, but so does White House. White House has no problem putting up points. They've scored more than 50 twice this year and have scored no less than 36 since their Week 2 win where they scored 20. Uh, where I think the defense is this week, I do think it's in the defense. Give me the Blue Devils in a close one, but I do think it's White House who moves to 4-0 in league play, 35-32 over Fairview. 
Now with my last game, uh, I've got the Greenbrier Bob Bobcats, who are 2-3 and three and 2-1 and one in the region, against Montgomery Center, who is 6-0 and oh and 4-0. and oh. Now, Zach, I want to do a little bit of math for you. Uh, with four wins and just, uh, I believe, three region games remaining, maybe four, four region games remaining, um, three after this week, um, Montgomery Central, has, with a win, would clinch the... Uh, the Elimination. They already have clinched elimination over Hillwood, Creekwood, and Glencliff. With a win and a Greenbrier loss, which of course this game would be, they'd clinch that over Greenbrier as well. And if Lawrence County lose, and actually they've clinched over Lawrence County as well because they beat Lawrence County, that leaves just three other teams. That means if Montgomery Central wins this game, they're in the playoffs. In one of the most ruthless regions in 4A with Tullahoma, Pearl Cone, and Marshall County all in that group. I mean, this is this is an absolutely brutal region, and Montgomery Central can be the first team to clinch the posts. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible, um, and uh, I, I think they're going to win this game. I mean, I, I don't think Greenbrier is the stiffest competition that they face this year. Um, Greenbrier has, if you look at their schedule, they've had kind of a funny year. Um, all of their games have been decided by I think it was at least fourteen points. Um, they haven't had a close game all year, whether they're blowing out a, a, a weak team or they're getting. And uh, I think that in this week, it's going to be getting blown out by Montgomery Central, 35 nothing. Closing out our Week 7 picks is a game much like the one that you referenced for Northeast and Northwest. Uh, we've got Westmoreland, Westmoreland in a opportunity to come home and lick their wounds. They host White's Creek, who is 2-4 and four overall, 1-1 one one in, in region play. Westmoreland 0-6 and 0-2 and on the year. Certainly not the season that many in Westmoreland thought they were going to have. Certainly not the season that I thought they were going to have. Uh, but nevertheless, they've got a lot of winnable region games in front of them and can easily sneak into that three seed for their region. Uh, I think this is a game that's not very close. And Westmoreland, who is a team that doesn't score a lot of points, I think gets into the end zone quite a few times. And I think you get a running uh, you get a running clock this week. I, I'm picking Westmoreland 49, Whites Creek 14. There you have it. There are our picks for this week, and that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. This has been episode seven of Coach Speak. Uh, that's that's the lucky number, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, have a good rest of your week, and have fun on Friday or Thursday if that's the game you're going to. You've been listening to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach, the latest in high school football from Montgomery and Sumner counties. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.